Huge win for our team, um, and it's the Einstein quote, not everything that counts can be counted. JB uh, hasn't played since Dallas Christian, and I thought his um, performance in the first half completely changed the game. Hassan doesn't play in the second half until the last minute and a half. Put him in, makes two free throws. I think JB's attitude over the last two weeks has been phenomenal. Um, and Haas, who plays the lowest number of minutes all year, makes two free throws when we were shooting 50% from the line before that um, was huge. Uh, if you look at the numbers, I'm not sure um, that we can win a game based on these numbers, but I thought the spirit and the energy and the fight uh, that our guys played with other than the first six minutes, was it was fun to be a part of. What did you tell Haas in that, that hug after you made those free throws? I just love him. Um, I love who he is. I love his story. I always have. I'm ultra super close to him. And uh, I said to the team after the game what I just said to you guys. Like, um, every kid wants to play. Not Hassan. Hayden Hefner wants to play. Uh, Manny Obaseki was a top 50 player. He wants to play. Uh, JB's been to two schools uh, and was a top 100 recruit and is the tallest guy on our team. He wants to play. I, I don't know that you look, and we you've asked these questions, Olin asked them every other day, like, who's your best player? I, I don't know. Q had 30 and 7 the other day. Uh, Aaron had six offensive rebounds in Athens. Uh, Henry was a star in Athens. Like, well, which guy is it? I, I don't know that it's a guy. I think it's uh, the game presents different things and you never know what it's going to present. And I think with all that has transpired in the rules and the teams and the pandemic, um, you know that we're 275th in minutes of continuity and we're 269th relative to the youth of our team. I don't know which guy it is, but I know when the energy and the spirit and the togetherness, you can't count those things, but I think that it matters. And um, that's what I told the team, like what JB was doing and you saw the response of our guys. He was playing, he changed the game. And then Haas is coaching as if he's an assistant coach the entire second half. And he's telling our guys, yo, we got to make free throws. And then he comes in and goes two for two, and that seals the game. And so, like, is do we have a number one on our team? I, I don't know. Do we have a number one that can have an impact in a game? Maybe. But I think it's uh, the depth and knowing you may play, you may not play. I don't know what the game's going to present, but are you ready? I think that matters. Okay, Buzz, so this is uh, two games in a row where y'all had a 17-point lead, mm -hmm. and then it got away, but y'all made the big plays uh, that, you know, at crunch time. So the losing in back-to-back -back games, the, the, the big leads, but simple, is that something to be concerned about, or is it something to be uh, your confidence boosted by? Yeah, probably both. Uh, we've talked about it, Olin, since um, 
we were off on Wednesday. And so we had early bird Thursday morning and we spent most of the first 45 minutes of early bird talking about that. Uh, we, we could easily be and two. Um, and that's not to be negative, uh, in nature. And, uh, what I've talked to him about since Thursday afternoon is all I want, like you want this, all I want is what I can see. And what I can see is what's in front of me. And that's all I kept saying the entire second half. We were up 17 with 17 minutes to play at Georgia and down one with five and a half seconds left. And I don't know exactly what moment in time we were up 17 today, but it was in the second half. And we did not close down either game very well. Uh, that we won, That uh, considering they had 20 offensive rebounds and we shot 53% from the field, and we didn't close down the game. We didn't finish the possession with the rebound. That is concerning. That we won, uh, that is confidence building because you've been in that position and had success. So uh, I think it's both. But we don't um, we don't absolve ourselves from the truth, whether the truth is uh, up 17 or down one. We tell the truth. And so uh, that was what was happening throughout the second half during those ATOs. In the final four minutes or so, was, was there a cognizant effort to try to kind of take the air out of the game and get deeper into the shot clock, mm. um, or was that just kind of how the, the offense set up? Yeah, I spent a little bit of time uh, this past summer. You know, you, you know how um, a lot of programs, and particularly NFL, you know, they're hiring those analysts to study when do I go for two, when do I go for one. Uh, the football coach that went to Presbyterian that always went went always went for on it on fourth down, kicked onside kicks every possession. Um, I've studied a lot of that and talked to a lot of NFL coaches on is it only math that determines that? Um, and so we've kind of developed a little bit of a basketball version of that relative to time, relative to score. Some of it has to do with the bonus. Some of it has to do with are you in the double bonus. So without explaining what I don't want all of the opponents to know, yeah, there was for sure some of that going on. You, you talked about them playing fast, but you, you double them up in steals, yeah. triple them up in fast break points. Don't yourself, right? I, yeah, you know, Brent, I think that uh, they do play fast. They're the 17th fastest team in the country. Um, and our tempo on offense – we're comfortable playing fast. The thing that uh, on synergy that slows our tempo down is most of the time we have a zone press after a made basket. And so that gears down the tempo. I thought the tempo started really, really fast the first six minutes of the game. And we were doing a just a really bad job of transition defense and then getting matched up. And then I thought from that point forward, we did better getting back in transition and then I thought we did a better job of, you know, we talk about dribbling the ball across half court. How many possessions did we dribble across versus how many possessions did we pass it across? And normally uh, four is a pace changer for us when the ball is in his hand. Uh, but uh, not just because the ball is not in his hand, but whether it's in his hand or not, the ball seems to move faster in the air and on the bounce when he plays. And I thought – he did a good job of 
throwing the ball ahead, or even when he was dribbling it across, we were able to get the ball reversed a little faster. And I thought when he subbed in that first time in the first half, I thought we kind of got to our rhythm. And then similar to what you mentioned, you know, some of our, without over-explaining it, uh, you know, we, we chart how many turnovers do we have, what's our turnover rate, and that's our biggest rock in the line of our season with rebounding pretty much 1B. But of our turnovers, how many of them were live ball and how many of them were dead ball? And then of the live ball turnovers, we turn it over and it's live. What's their conversion rate? How many points did we give up off a live ball turnover? And then we do the same thing defensively. How many turnovers do they have? How many of them were live? How many of them were dead? And then on their live ball turnover, what's our conversion rate? Because that obviously helps tempo, but that's when a team is most vulnerable. On a live ball turnover, it's a broken floor. We need to score 85% of the time. And uh, to your point, uh, it was those were pretty good numbers for us today. Quinn's three-pointer. Uh, was so it was a bad shot. Um, um, but I think it speaks to his moxie. I think it speaks to his confidence. I think it speaks to how much he cares. Um, and, you know, like like what most coaches would say, whatever, you know, like, oh, no, 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 no. And then it goes in and you say, yes, yes, yes. I try not to ever say coach cliches, but that was that one. <laughs> Is there any uh, – uh... Any debate in your head when you get into those last second, you need an inbounds play and you're going to get fouled type of situations, yeah. having Quentin, who's your most experienced guy, but also your best free throw shooter as the inbounds guy? Yeah, so uh, you remember, and I'll get I'll get out of whack on the timing of it. Um, we have a play in honor of Q's mom. And we were going to run Keisha. And something happened where it was a spot throw in. Uh, Keisha, you can't run unless you can run the baseline. And I can't remember if the ball was tipped out of bounds or something, and it became a spot throw in. And maybe I used our last timeout. I believe it was a timeout. Okay. And uh, we ran a different play, not after, not named after anybody's mom, uh, where it's a, it's a football play, you know, where you're throwing it long and we – uh, we, we we put Haas back in. That was his second possession of playing. He had just made the two free throws. Uh, and Haas sets a pin down to throw it over the top to Marcus. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And so most of the time, to answer your question, Q is our first option uh, on press offense because he is our best free throw shooter. And uh, when did Boots foul out? Five seconds left. So it, was, it would have been right before then. Yeah, so that changed it. So Boots is normally our Lazar. Lazar is a kid that I coached my first two years at Marquette who stepped on the inbounds line to go to our first Sweet 16. He stepped on the inbounds line. Uh, so we call that person Lazar. Q ended up being the Lazar because Boots is our all-time Lazar. Um, and so if we could have ran Keisha, we would have been good, even though Q would have started as our Lazar. But then when it became a spot throw in, we ran the football play. Gotcha. Anything else, Coach? Yeah, I got one. Coach Williams, Jordan, Adams, Kags. We spoke a couple days ago, and you said that you didn't see any advantages heading into this game. Do you still think that was true after today's result? 
Yes, sir. Um, I, I don't know how to answer that. Uh, they have uh, they have really, 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 really good players. Uh, we did not play well the first six minutes of the game, uh, but I do think that the energy and spirit in which we competed all day long was excellent. I thought it was arguably one of the bigger wins uh, that we've had in a long time. Uh, I thought offensively we played with really good fluidity. Uh, we shared the ball. I thought we took some average shots in that first five to six minutes where we were out of sorts. Um, we did not do a good job on the glass at all, and we have to we have to make more than 53% of our free throws. Judge, do you all play a, a brand of basketball that you think will have turnouts in the stands like this? And it's fun. Uh, I said this, and I should say it more. I just uh, – you know, when I started Twitter, I was late to start, and – uh, my wife and I have the same account because I never want to say something that puts me in harm's way on Twitter. So I never hit the button where you can see people reply to what you say. And so Corey will text me if it's something she thinks I would respond to and not be a jerk. Uh, but uh, I know this is a little bit too much information, but. I wanted to run my own Twitter account. And I see so many coaches that are, they have somebody that runs them for them. I don't want that. And then I want my tweets to be something that potentially would help someone. I don't want my Twitter account to be, I'm the basketball coach. Because I may not be the basketball coach tomorrow. And you see so many coaches, when they're not coaching, they delete their account, you know. But I should do a better job of asking people to come to the game. And I see so many coaches that do that, and I think there's value in that. But, you know, I thought that there's been a little bit of a groundswell since the holidays of the community supporting our team. And you can kind of feel it. Um, and once I walk out and I wave to my wife, I never even look in the stands. Uh, but you can feel the stands, you know, and uh, I think it's really important as you're trying to do something when the players know they're being supported. And I think the support that we've had uh, just continues to grow. And without asking for something we haven't earned or deserve, we appreciate it. And uh, when the students come back, if we can get a bunch of them to show up and we can keep getting uh, the community to show up, I think it completely changes the ambiance at Reed. Um, when Lowe was a player and I was an assistant coach uh, and things begin to change, when you came to Reed, the environment at Reed was a uh, four to six point line. And I, I remember it. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I've lost a lot of games since then and forgot a bunch of stuff. But when I was an assistant here, as it started changing – Man, it, it was the thing to do, just like it is on Saturday afternoon at Kyle Field. Um, and I'm not saying we're even close to as good as the program that Coach Fisher has, but, man, when our community supports us the way that it has, uh, we appreciate it. Quentin said he knew it was going to be a good day when he looked up and saw people in the nose for you. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, like, if Q's saying that, that only – and I never tell our guys what to say to you guys, and I never even know what they say. But if Q's saying it, that means our players know. 
right? And at, at the end of the day, this is not about the adults. This is about the young adults. And uh, so if he says that, that's that's great. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you.